Today, Nick, we learned a very, very valuable lesson. When you're recording a podcast, you get about a half an hour in. Just do a quick double check to make sure you actually have hit the record button. Because if you didn't, it's not recording. And then at the first 30 minutes, you got to redo it again. Welcome to the redo. You know, we've transitioned from doing the podcast in person to doing it um, online. Because obviously, as you know, uh, Nick joined a touring circus, which is going throughout the country and um, doing shows. So when the circus comes to town, you want to see Nick, just sign up, sign up, go to the local circus. He might be there. Uh. Li- live and learn. Live and learn. Um, so it's supposed to be live, laugh, love. There's no love about not hitting the, hitting the record button. There's no love. <laughs> that's that's live, live, hate, live, hate. Press record. <laughs> Today we're at the very end of the Friday Thirteenth series. We've done all of them. We've done everything from Nick's most hated entry, Freddy vs. Jason, to my most hated entry, New Beginning, uh, to everything in between. We've done the remake, all of the archives. Today we finish, we finish in space with Jason X. I never thought we'd be in space, Nick. How, how do you feel about this? What say you? I hate heights, so being up here in space was very nerve-wracking being shot through that shuttle. You know, I, I thought about joining NASA, but I saw there was an entry-level math exam, and I thought twice and, and never did it. So uh, math was my kryptonite, so no NASA, no NASA for me, no space, but... Luckily, there's been many... Pretty sure it's a little bit more than just entry-level math. Well, hey, I mean, entry-level math, advanced trigonometry slash calculus, who's counting, right? Because if we were counting, we'd be good at math, so... Um, Probably not Charlie from Fright Night. Hey, listen, my thing is, who needs to go to space? We have several horror franchises that take us to space, and we can watch them go in space. I mean, I can go in space, or I can watch Hellraiser in space, Leprechaun's going to space... And now our good masked buddy Jason's going to space also. I feel Wait a minute, you're not in space with me? No, sir. You're there by yourself with Ludacris and Tyrese from the Fast and the Furious series because they've created something in their basement that is now successfully in space. So. Oh, no. We shot them down a long time ago. Just wanted to get some quick background on Jason X as we've been doing with all these movies. Um, in the timeline of the Friday Turn of the Movies, the timeline which we know is unreliable... Never correct. Looks like somebody with no idea of how to timeline things, storyboard things, came up with a timeline. This is what happens when you have a different director, different writer for every movie in the series. Uh, We know that this movie is the last movie in the timeline because it's set far in the future. And the reason for that is simply because ultimately they threw out a couple different ideas, but the main thing was this was being made right before Freddy vs. Jason was being made. They didn't want to do anything storyline-wise that would kind of uh, impede on whatever the Freddy vs. Jason story was going to be. So by pushing uh, Jason X into the future, you can do whatever you want, and it doesn't affect Freddy vs. Jason. Although, if you think about it, it's kind of a spoiler, because if Jason's still alive in Jason X, it means he clearly survives Freddy vs. Jason. So it's kind of a spoiler, I guess, but eh. Well, it's kind of hard to kill an immortal being deadite thing especially since ash doesn't seem to want to get involved yeah i mean there's too many things that can happen when you kill him have somebody eat his heart and then his body hop in um you know a psychic woman a telepathic psychic woman can come and you know conjure him back to life instead of her dead father and mistakenly kill all her friends yeah and in this case because we all know freddie actually won that fight in this case freddie just got so bored with him that's and then a, the government took him while he was sleeping. That's a bold statement. So I'll, not to turn this into a Freddy vs. Jason podcast, but since you brought that up, let's go ahead and get your take on this. You said Freddy so my, won? Because I don't Fred, think that's what Freddy was shown won. on screen. Nope. It was, what was shown on screen was let's, Freddy let's get one of Nick's beating the living... Let's get the hot take. Freddy's there. beating the living hell out of Jason. The only reason Jason got any licks in was because the damn humans got involved. And even when... And even when it turned away from Freddy doing his four years of martial arts training from hell. Yeah, what the hell, man? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Freddy, Freddy's kicking Jason's ass because he's learned every martial arts discipline possible. He's out here doing jiu-jitsu, kung fu, every Bruce Lee thing in the world. Like, what, what, Well, that's where, because Bruce that Lee from? trained him. Bruce Lee trained him. Bruce Lee was in hell? <laughs> What's my yeah, name? I mean, Why he, di- he died of drugs. That's a sin. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> anyway, so 
Get, getting back to what I was saying, the reason I say Freddy wins is because when Jason is walking out of the water that he's supposedly afraid of, um, Freddy looks into the camera and winks, showing that Jason is actually sleeping and Freddy has more in store for him. Okay, that's one way to look at it. I think that's a, that's an appropriate take that could be true for sure. Uh, my take and is that- the only reason, And the only reason Jason was captured is because... Again, think about it. The government is not going to be able to capture this man if he was awake. Yeah. So instead, they got him while he was still sleeping, while Freddy still had him in his dreams. Chained him up, and then Freddy let him go because he got bored because, you know, it's kind of impossible to kill an unkillable object. You know, I understand that Jason from parts 1, 2, 3, and 4, human Jason, maybe has a subconscious and has dreams and nightmares, but... Would zombie Jason really have dreams and nightmares? Zombie Jason? I don't know if that makes sense. Is new, is new line Jason even zombie Jason after he was reborn from the ashes of his dead sister? I I don't know. I mean, there's different schools of thought. Some people think that the new line movies are own canon. Some try to connect to the first eight. Um, we'll we'll talk about the timeline in a second. One thing I want to give my take on Freddy vs Jason. I get what you're saying. My take is that it's just kind of a wink to the audience, literally a wink to the audience, saying that, you know, the battle has been won by Jason, but the war is not over. Uh, It's just kind of that hint to Jason. And, yes, Freddy did beat the crap out of him throughout the movie. So maybe Jason, maybe actually Freddy would have actually won the battle even without the help of the interference of the teenagers, uh, Monica Kina. But I think it's all bad writing because, as you said, Jason shouldn't be dreaming. Jason shouldn't be afraid of water. And as far as Freddy being that skilled in one-on-one combat, I mean, we've seen a lot of Freddy movies where, I mean, the man got beat up by his own daughter and Freddy's dead. I mean, how do we go from that, that epic one-on-one confrontation where his daughter kicks the crap out of him, to him being an unstoppable Bruce Lee slash Tommy Jarvis slash Jason Bourne um, type of assassin in Freddy vs. Jason? I think not. Bad writing, sir. I've told you, four years of Bruce Lee training. You know, I was going to suggest maybe he watched YouTube tutorials, but I don't think YouTube was around back then, so I'm going to go ahead and say no. Um, <laughs> okay, but let's get back to the timeline. So clearly, Freddy vs. Jason is a prequel to Jason X. So Jason X takes place See. far in the future. I think you have to decide. You have to decide, okay, does this connect to the first eight movies? Eh, we know they say here that he he's killed 200 people. So, And, you know, 100 of them, of course, were on that boat going to Manhattan. Um, but the other hundred were probably fish. When he was swimming back from Manhattan, he probably did eat some fish because he needed some energy. Remember there's a, it's already, there's already a theory that instead of swimming, he walked from Manhattan to New Jersey. Ah, interesting. Which is probably where the other another 50 come from. I don't know. I mean, he got to, he got to Manhattan through the water. Why not just jump back in the water and go back that way? He's afraid of water. No, he's afraid of water in his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, his uh, your dreams is literally your subconscious. So if you're afraid of water in your subconscious, you're afraid of water in real life. Yeah, but wait a minute. Uh, he's in Manhattan. He gets in Manhattan Part Eight. In that part, in the first eight movies canon. In those movies, he's definitely not afraid of water. So that's why we're well, saying... Well, that's because New Line decided to fuck him over. Yeah, that's why we're saying the New Line movies are their own... they got to be on the thing. Although, one interesting thing I read online, which made a lot of sense to me, because we were talking last week, I was complaining with the Jason Goes to Hell podcast about the idea of, like, hey, why did the FBI take so long to get involved? Why are they finally doing a sting operation nine movies in? They could have done this, like, five movies ago. But someone made a good point online that... And this may be something that connects Jason Goes Hell, the first eight movies, was the idea that um, all the kills he was doing in Crystal Lake, you know, if it's within Crystal Lake and it stays local, then it still would have been up to the local authorities to handle that. But once he went to Manhattan, crossed over to a different state, now it actually becomes a federal issue. And now the FBI actually takes notice and they get involved. And now they're like back in Crystal Lake setting up the sting operation so that kind of, I was like, oh, okay, I mean, that's that actually kind of makes sense. I mean, that's a way to tie Jason Goes to Hell, the rest of the series, body hopping aside. Um, <laughs> but, um, 
I can yeah, buy that. Well, and then Heron and Jason X, it looks like since then, the authorities have been involved in really trying to take out Jason. Yeah, but then you got that scientist played by the something Cronenberg. David Cronenberg, yep. Yeah, then you got that, that scientist guy like, we want to study him because he heals really fast. Like, yeah, because he read a because his mother read a book and brought him back to life. Oh God, not the Dead Eye Theory. Yep, the Dead Eye Theory. Because the Necronomicon was in her house. If it wasn't, why would it be in her house if she didn't read it to bring her son back to life? Which means those male, that male figure we were seeing killing the kids in the first movie, was Jason, and she and. Mrs. Voorhees only did of maybe two. There's a big problem with the whole theory, though. I've What's seen that? I've seen all the Evil Dead movies inside out. The Deadites act a certain way. They have a certain personality, and Jason's personality and how he acts does not in any way resemble any of the Deadites I've seen in the Evil Dead movies. So, unless he's a different breed of Deadite. The Deadites, they, they talk, they scream, they float in the air. They do a lot of stuff. They don't walk around with a mask like a zombie. So, um, I mean, some people still say Pumpkinhead's also a Deadite just because the Necronomicon made an appearance in Pumpkinhead 2. I, I think this is the case of the director of Jason Goes to Hell stupidly putting the Necronomicon, ne- ne- Necronomicon in the movie, which made no sense, and now has people theorizing that Jason's a Deadite. I don't want to reduce Jason to simply a Deadite. And if he was a Deadite, the body hopping thing still, I don't know if the heart thing, all that even makes sense either. So, that, the, the heart just looked like a piece of fried chicken to me. Oh, yeah. If I was hungry, I would eat it. Which, um, um, which also, I'm assuming his eye to Adrian just looked like a chicken nugget. Oh, yeah. She ate that like it was just sitting there with some Chick-fil-A sauce waiting to go, so... Yeah, the the pool she put the eye in that wasn't that that wasn't a freezing water or whatever it was. It was actually a very big deep fryer. Yeah. So I wanted to get your opinion on some of the ideas they had previous to doing before they settled on space. They did throw on a bunch of ideas previously. So I want to get your reaction to some of these ideas. Um, well, Jason in the hood, which. If you recall, Leprechaun in the Hood was from 2000, so Jason X was filmed in 2000, so we could have had both Jason and Leprechaun both going to the hood in the same year. Uh, so I take it Jason never left Manhattan and he just went to the Bronx? It's funny you should say that. The next idea I'm seeing is Jason in New York City again. <laughs> um, the you ti- can't have again since he wasn't in it in the first place. Yeah, the title would have been Jason takes Manhattan, subtitle, this time we really made it. He's really in Manhattan. He's definitely <laughs> in Manhattan. Trust us. And, of course, then we cut to Vancouver, Canada. Um, and then 20 years in space before he lands on Earth, too, and then goes to Manhattan. He, he must have really liked it there, man. Maybe he just wanted to settle in New York. And once he's now he's been exposed to something other than Crystal Lake, he's like, hey, I like the city area. Maybe I can just hang out here. Man, he, probably, he probably just liked the pizza. If you think about it, it's actually a fun point. Like, if somebody's exposed to, like, you know, New York City, would you really then go back to Crystal Lake? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I like it better in the woods of Crystal Lake. I don't know, maybe. When... I've been to New York City, and I came back to Virginia very willingly. You've seen where I lived for 20 years of my life. Now, you lived in the swamp, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you had your own Crystal so, Lake. So, uh, Exactly. And no one will ever find those bodies. I mean, what? Speaking of underwater bodies, what about Jason underwater on a submarine? Why a submarine? That Submarines are not big enough to do, to have a Jason in it. It's literally a giant tube. I just feel like, imagine you have like a an underwater war going on between like the US and Russia and like Jason's right in the middle of it just messing things up. I don't just know. like keeps keeps horror rotating towards the different ships and killing everybody. Yeah. So then we had Jason on safari. I don't know what that means. Uh, Jason and Jason decided to take a vacation, so he went to Africa to look at all the lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! You know, once you 
once Jason got the traveling bug, he's all over the place, man. He's doing he's doing Manhattan, he's doing hell, he's doing space. Don't give this man a passport, man. Um, he's so, probably wearing the same thing Kevin Hart wore in the Jumanji movies. There you go. And finally, we have Jason on the NASCAR circuit, I guess, killing race car drivers. I, I don't know. Uh, so I guess he, Jason is the real reason why Dominic Toretto's father died. I, I always thought that Jason was really the, the one behind that, so I'm glad he brought that up. Um, yeah, instead, instead of John Cena, it's Jason Voorhees. Who eventually, at the end of the movie, will join them at the family picnic because now he'll be familiar. I don't know if you remember the first time you saw this movie. The first time I saw this movie was in my high school programming class. Hold up. You get on me. Call me a nerd for being in drama and video production. And you're in a programming class literally learning how to code before that meme even came out. No, no, I gotta explain though. So back then at least, <laughs> the only reason people took programming was because the teacher, what he would do is he would give you like a programming assignment, right? And then he would just go like do his own thing on his computer, right? Everybody in the class, half the class would just get on the computer and download movies and watch movies. And the programming teacher would see that and just not care. Of course, you'd get, you'd get an F in the class, which everybody did. But uh, I think we had either a Kazaa or Morpheus or some downloading program. And lo and behold, what, what is on there? Uh, none, other than, none other than a bootleg version of Jason X. Probably at least a full six months before the theatrical release. It comes onto my computer. And I hated the movie. Watching it on the computer for the first time, I thought it was the worst Jason movie I'd ever seen. So disappointed. But the the problem is that the movie was filmed in 2000, but it sat on the shelf for two full years because um, a new regime came in, a new line. Um, the guy that was a supporter of Jason X got fired. So a new regime came in, and they didn't want anything to do with Jason X. They considered going direct to video at one point. But ultimately, and they didn't want to throw any advertising money into it, but ultimately they released it two years later in 2002. So um, I don't understand why people want to do that, though. It's like, you already have the, the movie's already made, it's already edited. Just get it out there so it's no longer in your hair. And if the movie makes money, it's in your pocket. If it doesn't, well, then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I agree. It's something where the new regime comes in. They just want to focus on new things that they are in charge of. So if something's already done, it was done from the old regime, they would rather sometimes just throw it to the side. And especially nobody's really... You can see people sometimes probably aren't fans of Jason, like in higher-end studios and stuff. But the movie with $11 million budget still worldwide made $17 million, So it did make its money back. Um, not, a whole, not a whole lot for the company to think, hey, let's go ahead and just do another Jason movie. Well, the thing is, so because it came out in 2002, a year later you had Freddy vs. Jason come out, summer 2003. And I kind of do wonder, would have, you had already shelved it for two years. Like, Would it have made sense to just wait on it for two more years and have this come out after Freddy vs. Jason? Cause, I don't think so for one reason. Because then you go from Kane Hodder to Kane Kurzinger back to Kane Hodder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And not many people were going to look up the facts about this movie when it first came out because not many people probably cared enough about that. Yeah, it probably would look weird for it to go away from Kane Hodder and then back to Kane Hodder. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Freddy vs. Jason was a huge hit. So just by waiting on Jason X, if you release it after Freddy vs. Jason... You probably get some of that goodwill from Freddy vs. Jason and probably make more money at the box office. I don't know. It's tricky. And then we would have gotten a Jason X 2 or Jason X versus Freddy. Yeah, but I don't want to see Freddy like in space in the future. I don't I'm I'm okay not seeing that. He, so I'm pretty sure Freddy would have after Earth One went down, Freddy would have just followed someone else's dream to Earth Two. Yeah, I don't think Freddy wanted to mess with Jason for the long term because I think once Freddy saw how indestructible Jason was, you can't kill him. He probably would have just went to a different town, and as he once said, every town has an Elm Street, I think he would have went. And so, yeah, I mean, I think Freddy probably would have just not... He wouldn't want some lifelong moral combat with, with Jason. So I have a slight issue. I got a question, if you will, about the cryostasis scene. 
And it's mainly the fact that, since, yeah, I was in the military, so I know that a lot of things have emergency shutoffs in case of an emergency. So in the cryostasis scene, Jason punctures through the cryostasis unit to stab Rowan, and yet their so-called emergency plan for that is to shut and lock the door, not to stop the cryostasis. But right. to shut and lock the door and have everything in that room freeze. Right. Which I'm pretty sure would have eventually messed up with the electronics they needed to use they needed to use their units, which would have stopped that freezing as well. But I'm not an electrician. No, I think you're I think I'm with you. I mean, I think that probably the movie has a lot of technical flaws that don't make sense. And it's definitely one of those movies where you have to shut your brain off and not ask too many questions, because as you do, you'll realize that all your questions have no good answers. And I have none to provide you either, so. <laughs> so. Like, why is Jason's mask surgically implanted in his head now, apparently? Because every... <laughs> and, Jason goes, and Jason goes to hell. When he's reborn, he automatically has the mask. The mask is not his actual face. I'm kind of surprised that they did it to where he had clothes and a mask on. Because when he's reborn, it's not like he should have any of that. That or he should be wearing his sister's maid outfit from her job. Well, the uh, the I mean, they talked about how they've tried all these ways of killing him and things like that. It's like, yeah, the idea that he's captured and that they would just let him keep his mask on for the rest of his life just seems weird. Like, why wouldn't you remove and his also, mask? And also, you just mentioned that all the times they got to kill him, that I just need to have a slight issue with this movie, they already break their own continuity. They state that Rowan and Jason were frozen for 455 years. The year takes place in 2455, making it to where they were frozen in 2000. Yet, how is Rowan talking about the fact that the first time they tried to kill Jason was 2008? Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, the... To my understanding, the beginning of the movie takes place in 2010. But right. that, that said, there's two ways we can approach that. We can say it was a, uh, a writing mistake, bad writing, continuity-wise, or we can say all the characters in the movie don't know how to do math. They're just stupid. They're scientists. They have to know math. Sir, they are high school students that are like in some college class. Well, they're in a college, college. class, but... It's calling them scientists seems like a leap. I don't think they're getting paid to be there, per se. Um, no, they're getting doing it for credits, but still, hell, and, it's and, and, from the and, sounds of it. If they are getting paid, it's not much because Professor Lowe's whole thing is, I need money. <laughs> yeah, apparently teachers are getting paid worse than then than they are now. I'm kind of was, surprised that he's even hoping, agreeing to be a teacher. I was hoping this future release, like, stop underpaying teachers, but apparently not, so... Well, there goes your dream of becoming a teacher. I wouldn't want to be a teacher on this ship anyway, so, I mean, he doesn't exactly get a good pension plan. Hacked, well, hacked, hacked to pieces with a machete, so. Well, here's, this guy's supposed to be a teacher. The guy is supposed to be a scientist. He's mentioned so many times that he's brought people back to life, yada, yada. So, for one, is death really a, a concept in this movie? And also, uh... How stupid can someone be that when they see a big hulking monster that's already killed an entire military force, picking up his machete, and you think it's all safe? His death scene I had some problems with because, well, first of all, there's a dumb thing where they're sitting by the door, and they're like, oh, is Jason out there? Is he not out there? Like, wouldn't you be concerned if there's, like, another entrance that he could come through and nobody's looking at that, so Jason's... (laughs) Comes do, does his whole jumping through the glass thing he does like in like half the movies. Um, uh, usually it's a door. But as you just mentioned, the fact that when this happens, you have about ten people in the room, and nine of them smartly run, and the professor's just like, "Hmm, I'm gonna just stand here and let Jason walk up to me." Like, huh? Like, I mean, even professor, even um, even what's her face was smarter than you. Um, what's her face? Um, Kenzo. Even Kenzo was like, yep, I'm going to run. I would expect her to be the one like, oh, my God, Jason, I can't move. But she sta- she well, runs. Like, what are you doing? I slightly, <laughs> right. I slightly want to talk about Kenzo's death, too, because I have a theory that 
she did what she did knowingly that she's still attached to the ship, so she killed herself on purpose to avoid whatever death Jason was going to give to her. Well, 100%, because actually I was watching that closely, and um, Janessa actually like says to her in the intercom, um, the, the whatchamacallit is still attached. So she, Janessa yells that out to, for her to hear it. So then they cut to her, and she's heard that, and then she closes her eyes and still pushes forward. So yeah. if you watch it closely, it definitely was like some weird suicide mission. Because she hears her say it's still attached, and then they show her consciously close her eyes, just like say, screw it. <laughs> like, um, in hindsight, it seems stupid since at the end of the day, there was like, what, like three or four survivors, so she could have made it. I mean, probably Total of three if you really want to count the damn robot. I mean, you have to. I mean. Then, yeah, three, even though she was just ahead. Probably two too many. I would have just kept um, the main girl alive. I didn't think we needed... Rowan? Yeah, I would have kept Rowan alive and obviously Brodsky, but I don't think we needed the other two. Well, Brodsky didn't live. He he burned up in Earth's atmosphere, which... I don't know. Another thing about space. I don't know if he did. (laughs) (laughs) Which another thing about space. Brodsky with a spacesuit on became superhuman, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing I have about space is, um, you know, you... In space, you're. It's not like swimming. You can't really move from one part to another without being able to pull yourself on something. You just float. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yet, somehow, Brodsky dive bombs Jason into Earth's atmosphere. Or is Earth 2's atmosphere just that strong? I don't know. That. That whole ending when when Brodsky confronts Jason and it looks like they like like two monsters come going at each other. I'm just like <laughs> hmm. I'm like, you have Uber Jason, who has superhuman strength, who already has superhuman strength, now has even beyond that, because he's Uber Jason. And you have Brodsky who's just a normal soldier who now is wearing a spacesuit. I'm like, why are we supposed to think that Brodsky is actually this is a fair fight? Like suddenly he's matched up to Jason's level of strength and then and then yeah, then we cut to like Jason's flying at the ship. Now, this is, like, hilarious. Because Jason's all like, he's like, wee! Wee! He's so, like, fun-lovingly flying towards the ship. Like, and then Brodsky intercepts him. This is the most hilarious. Like, I can't stop laughing watching that scene. It's so, like, so bad it's funny that he's flying at Honest, the ship. And the guy's like, he's coming right at honestly, us. Honestly, <laughs> when I first saw Uber Jason, though, I actually... I do like the look of Uber Jason, the fact that he has, like, bulging red eyes. He's just really big and metally. And then we see he's still Jason. Yeah, to me, there wasn't really much of a payoff for Uber Jason. He's He looks really cool. He uh, knocks off KM's head, which is cool. But... Uh, That's really the only kill he gets as Uber Jason. <laughs> well, yeah, the second half of the movie has this weird thing where it's like... A lot of the characters die by their own doing almost. Like, Waylander basically sacrifices himself. Kenza, again, also suicide. And then um, Janessa sucked through a random hole. Um. <laughs> well, that it wasn't a random hole. Jason punched a hole, which I, I don't know. He doesn't get credit for that. So. What I don't understand is, again, he's outside in space. I don't think you should be able to get enough pressure behind that blow to be able to punch a hole through a spaceship. Yeah. And also, with that, with the way that hole was blown, I understand a vacuum of space that can make that that could happen. But I'm pretty sure none of those characters would be able to breathe enough to be able to scream and speak. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you would think there would at least be like a a space expert consultant on set to like say, hey. <laughs> This doesn't work, but I don't think they had that. Um, also, Janessa's death is probably the most painful because I doubt she got sucked through as fast as this movie kind of edited it. Well, the way they showed it was like instantaneous. So it's right, like but I she hit doubt the thing and exploded. It was... So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I doubt that actually happened because she had to go through a grate. Not, not even just that hole, but through a grate as well. I don't think it's. I don't think what they show is possible either because they did a jump cut to where it 
it looked like it happened in one second. And unless she was forced through there at like light speed, I don't think what they showed was possible. Like, cause they showed her move basically like she was going fast. Yeah. But she wasn't going like light speed to where you're right, where she would explode on contact or great through instantly. So that didn't make mm-hmm. any sense. Um, no, I do. I do believe she would have gone through that great, just not as fast as they showed, which would have made that death extremely painful. Or her body would have just plugged up the hole, and she would be still be dead because half her body's still been sucked outside. I would have just had her get sucked into space. <laughs> that, that's a that's a that's a good death scene. If you are stuck in space, then yeah, I mean, why not? Um, right? Have you ever seen was it Mission to Mars where the guy had a undo his uh spacesuit in order to keep the girl from killing herself to get to him yeah let's talk about solaris for a second um, <laughs> i don't i don't personally i don't i don't credit jason either necessarily with the all the deaths on solaris like, because the pilot like the 1000 so. there had to be at least a thousand people have killed there that was so stupid so their ship goes through it and their ship comes out reasonably okay but Solaris, like, explodes to pieces. Shouldn't, like, yes. their ship also exploded afterwards? Like, you, no, crashed, because you crashed into a space station. But I'm assuming, because all they did was hit glass. And then the, uh, then the Solaris imploded in, on itself. Kind of like what, the, uh, what their ship was about to go through. The only thing I'm wondering is, would there really be explosions in space? There's no oxygen. This has as much credibility as Leprechaun in space. I never saw Hellraiser in space, but I'm assuming that that was pretty silly also. Well, be honest with you. You could have put that setting anywhere else, and it would have made more sense. Because, again, even that one explodes. Mm. I'm watching Janessa's death scene, and it's really weird because, like, um, Rowan reaches her hand out for her and Janessa's really close to touching her hand and then she just gives up. She puts her arm down then and just says, this really sucks in so many levels, but <laughs> she's literally like an inch from, reach, from reaching Rowan's hand and then she just gives up. It's really weird. Well, how about we get off these stupid death scenes and <laughs> actually talk about some of the funny quips we get throughout some of these screens. Like when the one guy gets pushed off and gets impaled <laughs> one of the car- girls finds him's like how is he doing he's like he's screwed you know that might be the the saving grace of this movie is that <laughs> there's a lot of funny moments a lot of funny lines the the writer todd farmer said he said his first script was actually darker and that he didn't have all these one-liners and that that came like during production and stuff he didn't actually like them but to me like that's a saving grace is that there's a lot of funny stuff here like that scene you talked about and uh, <laughs> it's going to take more than that to put this old dog down and then stabbed again. Yep. That ought to do it. <laughs> yeah, Right. I was, I was mad that even though I like Brodsky, I mean, that should have been his death scene. He should have been dead after that. <laughs> Don't give that line. Then you're okay. Two minutes later. <laughs> well, Brodsky's just a badass. I guess. I mean, geez. Hey, Brodsky is a man of integrity because you realize at one point the professor offered him $500,000 to keep Jason alive. Oh, yeah. And he's like, okay. And then he tells them, he's like, yeah, put a, put, just put a bullet in his leg so it looks like we tried. I'm like, dude, that's $500,000. He, he just like, well, well be think honest, it. he, to be honest, so I'm going to compare something to Leprechaun 4 because I've mentioned multiple times in Leprechaun 4 that that group of mercenaries – we're not Marines. The way they acted, the way they talked, the way they did everything, we're not Marine style. The way Brodsky and his crew does it feels more like Marines. Because, again, he gets a mission. His mission is to defend everybody. He doesn't care about money. He just cares about making sure everyone gets there safe. And, honestly, he probably th- is thinking about the fun he's going to have with Jason. Not knowing Jason is some superhuman killer. Why, why are there Marines here? Because they're going to an Earth to Earth One, and they probably didn't know what to expect. They there could have been mutants. They thought they were going to come across Predator or aliens. Probably or Xenomorphs. Yeah, 
Well, okay. I mean, that's fair. Um, th- <laughs> you never know what you're going to run into going into different solars. I got a question. How? What solar system is Earth 2 in? Is it still part of the Milky Way? Because that seemed to only take maybe a day for them to get there. Well, your air isn't thinking that's part of the Milky Way. No, it's in fact a part of the Snickers. So, oh, okay. They said, hungry, why wait? Let's go ahead and go there. So, now, you know, I'm not saying the writer, I'm not saying he watched Leprechaun Space, but the middle part of this movie is like very similar to like when the the mercenaries in Leprechaun uh, in Space are hunting Leprechaun and he just kind of kills them one by one. This movie has the exact oh, same setup almost. <laughs> like, it's really interesting. That's the same almost, it feels kind of the same. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, only difference is with Leprechaun in Space, that's the whole movie. With this one, it's only 30 minutes of the movie. And I would argue the best 30 minutes is, is that because you get Jason actually killing people and, and the military here is pretty competent. They're not, like, stupid. I mean, uh, you know, besides... You had that one guy. Yeah, but he shot the crap out of him. Like now, I'm talking about the guy who just backed into a corner and Jason ended up behind him and snapped his neck. Yeah, that wasn't cool. But the one dude he's, he's probably shot, the only incompetent one. Yeah, props to the guy that shot the crap out of him. He turned his back for one second and got sliced. <laughs> right. him, there's some likable characters. I liked I liked uh, Waylander. I wish his sacrifice meant more to the story. It ended up meaning meaning nothing. Um, that he killed himself for no reason. So notice how when Stony and Kenza were having sex, after he kills Adrian, he then goes straight for Stony. And it didn't even feel like he was just mindlessly walking around. It looked like he was going there for the purpose. And the minute he, the minute the door opened, he was already outside that door. So it tells me he knew exactly where he was going for some unknown reason. He could, I'm guessing he could smell the sex. Yeah, but isn't it kind of weird that he killed Stony, but then didn't kill Kensa? Yeah, the fact that he I, just kills I, Stony and then I, just walks away. Yeah, how does she get? How does she get away? <laughs> like, she just shows up in the next scene, like, "Oh, Stony's dead." I'm like, "How'd you get away?" Like, shouldn't Jason be right behind you? You know, it would have been hilarious if she ran into the room screaming, "It's alive!" That would not have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. It'd have been cool if she ran in the room saying, "Stony's dead," and like a machete came from behind her, and, like chopped her head off. That'd have been cool. <laughs> I just don't understand how she got away, but um, shots out to that death. Um, Adrian's death is probably one of the best deaths in the entire series. Freeze your face and smash your face off. Can't beat that. Yep. And what it's about all the, a bunch uh, of squared up blood? What about the virtual reality death? <laughs> or plural death? Uh, meh. I mean, literally, Jason just breaks Asriel like he's Batman. And then Dallas just got his head smashed in. We've seen that plenty of times in every other movie. Yeah, Dallas is actually the, the writer of the movie, Todd Farmer. So that's actually the writer. Uh, and uh, yeah, with Azra, like all that, all that work to get his arm, is get his arm redone. <laughs> just to get like broken in half in the next scene. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, um, well, maybe next time he shouldn't have tried to jump on Jason's back. Well, the the question is, how the hell was Jason in the virtual reality? Like, he walks into the room, and he's in, he's in their virtual reality, with like they can see in that, and they take the headsets off, and then he's still there as Jason. How the hell did Jason, technologically speaking, get into their virtual reality, though? <laughs> like, And also notice that, notice how they were sitting down, still using actual controllers and everything, instead of standing up, being interacting with the environment. Yeah. So, so how is Jason interacting with the environment? Yeah, Jason killed them, and then they're still alive because it was just virtual reality. But I'm like, does Jason have a headset on that we don't know about? Like, his, his <laughs> it's mask, in his mask. His mask can do anything, man. That, that mask is powerful. At least it doesn't have like those weird tinted eye holes, like in Jason Goes to Hell, or oh, what? God. No, was it Go to Hell? Was it in Hell that he had the? Yeah, it was Hell. I say, it was either hell or Jason takes Manhattan. I say let's get to categories. Categories, okay. Favorite character. It's gotta be Brodsky. I was gonna say Rowan. She was cute. I 
she didn't do anything for me as a main character, though. Oh, uh, we're talking about character-wise? Oh. Yeah, you're going to sink our podcast if you're just saying she's cute. <laughs> your basis of being the, the best character. I'm going to have to okay. replace you with Jeremy quickly. So, <laughs> To be honest with you, I, I got to give it to Janessa. She felt like she was given her all when it comes to the acting-wise. And she yeah. also felt like the smartest character out of all of them. And that's saying something. I agree with that, actually. And I want to change my pick because I forgot that uh, Janessa is actually who I was thinking. Brodsky is mm-hmm. probably the best actor in the movie. But I think Janessa is the best character because, as you said, um, she probably is the smartest character. And she doesn't she doesn't die in a way that's like makes her stupid. I mean, she just unfortunately gets like sucked into a hole or whatever. So. Um, her arms were probably too tired. I mean, she didn't exactly have a whole lot of upper body strength. Yeah, I think probably she is the most fun character. And again, I always think about like someone like that would be more interesting to have her as the final girl, to be honest. It's just a more fun yeah, dynamic, and, right? And to be fair, you did mention that you that Brodsky is probably the better actor. But then again, the whole reason I give it to Janessa is I felt she had more to do than Brodsky. Brodsky just had to play one role, the tough guy. Yeah, he had kind of um, his actual character is pretty much a generic, tough guy soldier who is going to become somehow superhuman when he puts his spacesuit on and destroy Jason. But, um, but he became Uber Brodsky. But he's also got to be funny in that at least that one scene. Oh, that ought to do it. That took some, comedic- <laughs> sir. That was comedic timing. So, yeah, I'm gonna go with Jason though. All right, worst performance. We got a lot to choose from. Oh my god, this is so tough. <laughs> um, you know, there's a couple, a couple people come to mind. Um, For me, I'm choosing Ezreal because out of all the characters, he's the only one that I did not believe at all. I know he's supposed to be kind of the stoner character, but even stoner characters have some form of personality to them, unless you're Cheech and Changwa. Hmm, interesting. But the, he just felt like on the same mold as Cheech and Changwa from part three. It's like, do we, how is he going to be, how is he smart enough to be able to run all this scientific equipment? How is he smart enough to even be here in a science master's class? Right. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, my gut instinct is, is Kenza for sure. Yeah. <laughs> She has like cry face throughout the whole movie and is just complaining the entire time. And oh, and don't forget, she was going to go back to the room to meet up with Stony after he died. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame the actress though. I just think that the character was meant to be annoying. Um, <laughs> also, the um, the one guy, um, it's not the pilot. What's his face? Um, the other mechanic dude, uh, Crush. Just uh, only because uh, I, mean, I guess it's a real reaction, but maybe the, it would be like that. But like. Um, when Jason kills him, he's like laughing because Jason drops the head in his lap and he's like, oh man. And he's like almost like, he gives like an, uh, an excited, almost like a, like he busts out laughing when he sees the head. He's like, oh wow. And I'm just like, I mean, it's not that you have to be scared, but don't give like a, oh wow, cool reaction. It was kind of a weird reaction. I don't know. Maybe that's how it would be. I mean, I don't know. It was just like, if you watch, he's just like, he's like, oh my goodness, and he starts laughing, seeing the head. Um, I thought it was a weird take, though. Okay. But, but I mean, for me, it's going to be Kinsa, though. <laughs> Ultimate. Best scene. Uh, the thing with Adrian's death scene is that it's so quick, it's hard to count that as, like, a, a scene. It's like a 30-second thing. It's a great 30 seconds, but it's so quick. Um... Yeah, I guess the for me this the entire military sequence. It's really, it's really actually only about ten minutes of Jason going to the military guys, but that's probably the most fun. So for me, and to be honest, it's pretty much just like a thirty minute, thirty second thing before they kind of ruined it. But for me, it was the introduction to Uber Jason. Hmm. Like I said, when he comes out through comes out through the uh, smoking room. It was he was big, menacing. He had the bulging red eyes. He's getting ready to kill people, 
And then they kind of ruined the character by not letting him kill a single person. But anyway, it was really the introduction to Uber Jason. He's just... After seeing Jason the way he was through so many movies, we finally get... Jason finally felt intimidating again before the yeah. movie ruined it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing they could do to make the movie scary. So Uber Jason's not scary. If anything, it leans more into like, okay, this is like a sci-fi action movie. But um, Still intimidating. <laughs> I, I had no problem with it. I thought it was still uh, entertaining. And um, and also, that's probably the only time I actually like the music to this movie. <laughs> what about Worst Scene? Worst Scene? Oh, there's plenty of those. There I'm going to have to give it to Dr. Lowe's death. For yeah, one, we don't see sense. it. It is completely off screen. And two, probably the, the person who's technically is supposed to be the smartest because he's the teacher. And yet... He apparently thinks all Jason wanted was his machete. I think his need for money has made him stupid. <laughs> Just as you mentioned earlier, him bringing Jason on board and not knowing that this could go wrong, and then still being the reacting so stupid when Jason comes in the room. And also, another thing I think you pointed this out in our very first try with this episode was. They showed that they showed that during the um, the trailer, right when this movie first came out. Yeah, they did. And they kind of, and you were saying yourself that when you saw that, you were like, "Well, this movie's gonna be stupid. Why would someone do that?" <laughs> I think they even showed Uber Jason in the trailer, which again is just stupid. That should yeah, be but that's yeah, that should be a surprise. That shouldn't be something you already know going in. Come on, <laughs> right. Yeah, the machete thing was like, um, it was a tagline like in the trailer, and it was like, nope, that's not going to make anybody want to go see the movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, guys. He just wanted his machete back. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with that. Also, what, um, is there anything that you would change story-wise? Uh, yeah, well, story-wise, not particularly. Just have Jason, when he becomes Uber Jason, actually start just be more intimidating. You actually get some kills. Maybe have regular Jason not kill as many people. Then when he becomes Uber Jason, just massacre the entire space station. Yeah, because actually, if you look at it, like in this movie, uh, normal Jason actually was way more of a killing machine than uh, than Uber Jason. Yeah, and Uber Jason to me looked cool. It's just I wish we and we proved that he's also stronger. I just wish we would have gotten something along those lines. He's probably slower. Maybe, do you think Uber Jason lost his teleportation abilities? Probably, because, well, this movie, he didn't teleport at all. He walked through the entire space station. Maybe. We didn't, we didn't see him. You don't think when he, you don't think when he was killing the military that he, I think when he was killing the military, I think he broke out some teleportation. He kept appearing probably, behind, but, behind them, so. Probably, but then again, he was also in one room, so it's not like he could teleport himself outside the space station oh yeah i know but i'm um, thinking about what he did with kelly who though in that uh, disco room i think he was doing right. that, that he was doing a lot of that in that room with the military um but anyways I, there's nothing much i would change story-wise i would probably i would probably keep the professor around longer and i probably would make janessa the main character and i think it'd be a, a fun shock to kill off rowan like halfway through and uh, and I would have had KM die when her head got knocked off. So, <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Well, final thoughts. I kind of already have my thoughts set up, so I'll go first. So my thoughts is the movie is definitely fun. It's fun for a few watches. Definitely best to wait a year or two before you go back to watch it again, though. So that way it feels a little bit more fresh in your mind. Because if you watch it back to back, eh, it gets boring. be honest with you, I was bored throughout this movie myself. Kills that weren't really that imaginative. Plus, you didn't really see a lot of them. Besides the military, a lot of these were either off screen or suicides. <laughs> mm. the, mu the music was the worst for any kind of movie. I know it's supposed to be sci-fi action this time, but just no. No, not for Jason. Char the characters, they did. The actors did their job. 
I could believe a few of them. There was maybe one or two I couldn't believe being an actor. And so overall, decent movie. I think I'm going to have to give it a two. Like I said, it's fun if you watch it once every other year. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page. I'm going to two stars also. Um, pretty much everything you said is how I feel too. The movie is fun. And it has a lot of fun moments. It doesn't take it. It doesn't take itself too seriously. You can tell that it's really not trying to be serious, which is a good thing. So it has some self-awareness, and the characters. I mean, it's not great acting, but the characters are likable enough. You you don't hate the characters, which is always a good. There's some there's some movies in the series where you do hate the characters. This is not that. So that's good, and uh, some creative death scenes, as we said. And look, I'm not a, I'm not a sci-fi person, so the space thing doesn't interest me much at all. So given that confinement, the fact that I was entertained, I think it's a good thing. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's, it's middle of the pack in the series. It's not, again, it's not, it's not in the upper tier of like say part six, part four, but it's not in the bottom tier for me, like say part five. And uh, so it's middle of the pack. So I'm, I'm going to go two stars also. And as always, y'all don't have to go home, but y'all do got to go get yourself some chicken wings. Hooters is always open for anyone who wants some fried wings. That's factually untrue. They're not 24 hours. They're not always open. You are wrong, sir. They're open seven days a week. Oops, maybe. Not on Christmas. Most of the rest, most of the restaurants I'm around right now are closed. <laughs> That's because you have to find a waffle or I, find a waffle house or an IHOP near you or a Denny's and. No, the closest Denny's is like three miles away. I'm not driving that far. Well, I mean, you are in space, so it's going to be hard to find any uh, any fast food establishment in space. So, yeah, we got a McDonald's just down the down the corridor. Don't worry, there's a McDonald's. There's there's a McDonald's. It's at Solaris. So just when you get to Solaris, just like land neatly and safely, and then you'll be good to go. Oh well, uh, you see what happened was before you started recording. Uh oh. Uh, that loud booming noise that you what, mentioned you heard. What, what'd you do to Solaris? Don't tell me. This is Solaris 2. We know what happened to Solaris 1. What'd you do to Solaris 2? So what happened was I wasn't paying attention to the course of the space shuttle and because I was doing this recording. And all that noise you heard was actually me rumbling because kind of destroyed Solaris 2. You destroyed Solaris 2. Wow. You know, this is tough. I don't even know if there is a Solaris 3. I don't know what we're going to do, man. Well, look, probably that was, not. That was the only McDonald's in space. So you're gonna have to probably travel to no, Mars now. So the, I told you this this shuttle has a Solaris just right down the corner. You're gonna have to get on the Butterfingers galaxy, all right? So uh, mess, I hate mess. Butterfingers though. I'd rather go to Kit Kat. Do it, but do the white chocolate Kit Kat though. Do the white. No, chocolate. I don't like white chocolate. How dare you? 